Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. I give you a good morning and welcome to Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast, where we are also streaming live at all the wsocrfm.org.au. I'd like to pay my respect to and acknowledge the Gulijan people who are the custodians of the land we're on today, as well as to the Gadabanud who are along the coast. I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And by way of good morning to Edwina, my guest and I are about to sing happy birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday, Edwina. Happy birthday to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. <laughs> Not Thank really. you. That's Thanks, all right. Matt. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, okay, so that's we're allowed to do cheerios on our own program, aren't we? Thank you. We won't say how old you are. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's a bit cool today too. We've all got our winteries on and it's summer. <laughs> but anyway, thank you, Nat. Yeah, Nat Atherton is in here with us. And that's with, uh, well, you're with COPAC, aren't you? I am, yeah. And what does it all stand for? Colac? Colac, Otway, Performing Perform- Arts, Arts and Cultural, Cultural Centre. Center. Yeah. And uh, we're here to talk about International Women's Day. So it's been 12 months since you were in here. That's right, yeah. That went quickly. There must be other stuff that you can come in here and talk about, about COPAC stuff and whatever else. Yeah, sure. Any time. We haven't done that. No, it hasn't but, ended up happening. And I was also, I almost nearly slipped on this one too, because I was a bit out of sorts and whatever, and I forgot about International Women's Day because I'm a bloke. Isn't that sad? <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't forget in the end. But no, I didn't forget in the end. And there's still... Nearly a month to go, so well, it's not well. a month. Yeah, the eighth. We're getting in well, a bit few early. weeks. Yeah. It's a few weeks that the eighth is the actual date now. Yeah, it wasn't originally. You where is that? No, I wasn't aware. It was originally the twenty eighth of February. All right. And I've done a little bit of thing. We'll go into it all into what what it's all about. We'll tell people firstly the theme is, I am generation equality, realizing women's rights. And that's the theme, and it is the 8th of March that the uh, International Women's Day is recognised. But in terms of, I've gone and had a look at the history, uh, the theme for today has emanated from a, a gathering back in Beijing 25 years ago. See, so there we've got such a, mm. the Women's Day is really international. So that 25 years ago there was a meeting in China, and I'm not going to go into the, the rights and everything else that go on in China, but it's incredible that there's that representation this year. Yeah. But with a brief history of it, International Women's Day was first celebrated on March the 19th in 1911. So it's been going a long time. Yeah, what's that, 119 years or something? Or 120? 109. 109. 109. Oh, you thank you. Yeah. And a million women and men rallied in support of women's rights on that first International Women's Day. And it all came about, it was inspired by America's National Women's Day on February the 28th, 1909. So the Americans started it up, but then it got picked up by, by women generally and it became an international event two years later. So um, people started meeting, they met in Denmark, and all over the place, and yeah, I think I've read the number. I've got it here somewhere. Other, 
that the idea uh, was first called International Working Women's Day, mm-hmm. but it was celebrated with rallies in Denmark, Germany, Switzerland, and Austria, and they went on and on and on. Then it moved to March the 19th, but then became March the 8th later on in 1909. It got changed from February the 28th, so it's been moved around a little bit. Mm. But there are now 189 countries involved. Yeah, and I was looking at the website and they were even saying more than that because they're saying the whole world's involved because any individual who participates uh, brings effectively their country along, even though there might not be an official national event or something like that. It's a global a global day of celebration and um, and noting those things like this year's theme of quality. Why do you think it's necessary? Why is it to have that day? Oh, um, very many reasons. And got, <laughs> we're having fun in here too. I've got to tell you, we've got a pesky fly and it's coming around here all over the place. Did you You've say got, a pet fly? Pesky? No, it's not a pet fly. It's a pesky one, Ed. <laughs> Um, Bob, you were so sorry. Why is that? Well, well, um, if you look at this year's theme of equality, yeah, yeah. then then it's uh, necessary. We don't have that, so we still need Women's Day, or do need Women's Day to highlight those issues. Are we getting any closer? Well, I hope we're not getting further away. There is also an International Men's Day. Is there? I've never, we've never celebrated that. Well, there you go. Maybe we don't need to. When's that? <laughs> oh, that's all right. That's a bit sexist. No, only in the sense that men already have equality. They don't need to um, fight for that. Well, wait a moment. Are we over equality? No, how do you do that? Privileged. We're privileged. So should we? Be... I think that's the social the social science term for it. So should we be knocking back our privilege and saying, or do we have to bring the women back up? Well, with regard to privilege, my experience is different. So I recognise my privilege, for example, as a white person. I recognise it. And that and that's a good first step. That's I agree th- with that. Yeah, I agree. I don't know whether... Uh, yeah, that's a, an odd, not an odd one, but I've never thought of that because I don't see black or white or yellow or different colours. And I've, yeah, but then I think about it. I, oh, OK. You know what I mean? I've got, well, when I say that, I've got no... But yeah, I can see the inequality. I can see that. Yeah, I know what mm. you're saying. Definite inequality. Yeah. But I've never looked at myself as being privileged. Mm. It's, it's not privileged like like the social science term isn't privileged like, oh, you're the wealthiest person with all of these heirs and privileges. It just means relative privilege in a in a certain category. Across the whole spectrum, you know. Okay, so it's a social science term. It is. It's not the common um, use of the word privilege. Oh, okay. So it's different from when you look at these. The two, you got the Republican and the the Democrat presidents who are both uh, presidential candidates or whatever you want to call them, who are both multi multi billionaires. Yeah, that's a different. That's a different privilege, isn't different, it? Different, different type. Yeah. And so when you got multi billion dollars, you can then go and afford to buy yourself a presidency. Hmm. I guess it's just like we're all born into our life with different. Uh, in different circumstances and recognising the head starts we get is just a good way to proceed so that we can all get along better and understand each other and, and work for equality. That's that's my personal sort of take well, on it. Right. Well, I've got a whole heap here because within the the um, little bit of work I did do, a little bit of uh, checking things out on Google, so I'm hoping this is pretty right. Mm. 
is that the government's uh, committed to take strategic bold the 12 critical 12 critical areas of concern are poverty education or education and training health violence armed conflict because I mean one of the play I think last year we put on um, Jane Armour Trading's if women ruled the, ruled the world there'd be no war um, so that's part of it economy power and the decision making institutional mechanisms human rights media environment and the girl child so they're all the main concerns that were that arose then and I think most of them are still concerns now anyway do you think yeah, I think because so. women are not. When, when, who was this produced by, and when? This is done. This is what the declaration. This is a twenty-five year ago at the Beijing Declaration and Platform for Action of nineteen ninety-five. Oh yeah. So that's only twenty-five years ago. Yeah. So has much changed. I mean, you talk about um, Aboriginals being uh, underprivileged or whatever. The closing the gap. If you look at that, I mean, if we look at the closing the gap here on on women, we've still got such a terrible thing with the violence. Mm. I mean, my experience is obviously being um, an Australian woman and a white woman, so I think, you know, my my take on that would be not very representative of all women around the globe. You know, that's that's many billions of people to ask. I wouldn't want to speak on behalf of them all and <laughs> uh, hazard a guess as to uh, how or if that's been improved since then. So how are we improving it in Colac? Well, um, one of the things that we've um, been improving it with is is holding such wonderful International Women's Day events, I think. I think that's did, a good start. Well, how did last year's go? So well. It was really good. It was such an amazing night. Mary Missa is uh, an incredible speaker and such an inspiring woman. So that was that was a truly wonderful night. And was that all sold out and a full job? Yes, it was. So how are you going this year? Um, we're close. Uh, I think there's three or three and a half tables left. So that's that's a 30, 35 seats, something around that um, figure remaining. So anyone who's wanting to come along will want to jump on the website and grab those tickets while they're still available. And now what's it all about this year? So this year we have um, a Hannah Asafiri coming in. Uh, Hannah is... Um, the proprietor of the Moroccan Soup Bar in Melbourne, which people may have heard of. Uh, she is a holder of the Order of Australia Medal. Um, she's on the Victorian Honour Roll of Women. And um, she's an amazing um, uh, woman and also a Muslim feminist. So she's a very interesting speaker. And now what is the soup bar all about? So it's it's a restaurant, basically in um, Melbourne and I went years ago and um, when we went it's it wasn't like an ordinary menu you sort of went in and you had a conversation with the um, waitress about what you're kind of feeling like what sort of things I had to offer how would you like them done you know did you want them changed that sort of thing so you could basically design your own meal it sounds right up your alley Ed mm. Very much so. We'll have to go there. 
Yeah. Well, wait a second. Is it all women, or is it is it is it now? <laughs> no, it's a bloke's environment too. I've got to be careful because we're talking about women's. I'm not sure. I don't know why um, men feel like International Women's Day isn't a space for them to also celebrate women. Would I don't know why why that occurs. It seems to occur to a lot of men, and certainly at the last International Women's Day event, um, women outnumbered men. But there's no reason why men shouldn't be going along. I know. Now, one of the reasons I say that though is because five years ago we went to one at about we went to one at the yacht club. Remember that? And in Geelong Ed, and there were two blokes there. We did too. Yeah, I was surprised actually. <laughs> this is so odd. Don't men, don't men support their women in their community? Well, that's that's a, a problem. Another one like this year we went to a, a, the family violence thing in a. Um, against women that was run by the Geelong City or Geelong Trades Hall. Mm. How many men were there then, Ed? Three? Maybe. (laughs) Three out of about 100? I suppose we could hope that that the partnered men there um, are staying home and minding the kids to facilitate their wives to go out. One of the blokes was pushing his wife in a wheelchair and there was another bloke with his woman and they were mid-30s and then there was myself with Ed. Yep. So well, now I don't. I, I, I'm sorry if my you're boyfriend to make came excuses along. To, my blokes. boyfriend came along last year, and and he didn't even. He was like, "Oh, she sounds really interesting. Let's go." Yeah, I think that's good. Didn't even it is, it is comment good. on it being, should but, I go or something? But you yeah, do but have the, him. You do have the um, percentage of men that say, "Why do women have to have a women's day?" Yeah, Instead so of saying, "Hey, let's promote this because." Hmm. You see, so I'm being we the devil's quality. advocate. Yet you're, or, you're defending the blokes or, by saying that they're probably doing the right thing at home, where I, my suggestion is that the blokes aren't coming along. It's the same as blokes don't talk about their problems. Well, I know that I know that I don't know why they're not there. <laughs> so <laughs> I always like to think the best. You do. Well, <laughs> but it's certainly, it's to celebrate International Women's Day, but mm. it's an event with a really inspiring speaker that anyone can go along to. Okay, so all blokes are welcome. So get along and get Absolutely. your bums into gear and go along with your woman. Yeah. Or come along on your own. Or come along on your own. You don't have to have a woman. No, that's right. So do it. Yeah. So are you going to tell us a little bit about it? Keep going. I'm, I'm interrupting by being no. the devil's advocate. No, that's fine. Um, so um, the night will sort of unfold over a few stages. The first part of the evening begins at 5pm, and that is the speed data Muslim uh, part of the evening. So this is something that Hannah uh, has set up and has run in various places, I think including her restaurant. Um, And it's a no-holes-barred place to bring any question. So the only stipulation is it must be a question, must be phrased as a question. Bring that along to uh, a group of Muslim women and they will answer your question honestly and without judgment. Any question. And so these women are local people? They're, yeah, there'll be a mixture of local people and uh, Hannah will also be answering questions. That's fabulous. So now I've seen speed dating on the TV where you, mm. you have a row of chairs and and it's sort of like a barn dance in sitting down. But Yeah. Yep. I'm not exactly sure how it operates if it's like you keep swapping people like that or if it's more of a roundtable discussion. I'm not exactly sure how Hannah runs it. And I did hear her say that the speed dating a Muslim thing is a bit of a play on words because at least um, theoretically Muslims don't date. 
Okay. But of course, <laughs> of course, like the Muslim community is hugely diverse, and 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 some people who identify as Muslim, no doubt, would uh, mm. date. They are really diverse. Now, here's mm. one, Edwina and I, we do hydrotherapy, and as I think we've mentioned that previously, and there's a, a young, when I say young, he's younger than us, a Muslim man who is in hydrotherapy with us, Ed. Yes, yeah, but, I, and I our, enjoy talking with him. Yeah, and our conversations with him, mm. he has explained to us about the diversity within the communities and from the Arab Muslim through to... Uh, like an Indonesian Muslim, and all the different things there, and it is so, it's diverse. so diverse with all mm. the different garb and the requirements and the yep. and the push against organised marriages and the yep. whatever else that's going on. So it is really an incredible eye opener to talk to them. Yeah, rightly or wrongly, having grown up Catholic, I always sort of think of it in terms of um, Christian. Like that is also so huge, and no one would presume to make. Um, or maybe not no one, but I wouldn't presume to make blanket statements about everyone who identifies as Christian. That's just hugely diverse. You've got all of the different branches of the church. You've got all, all the different cultures of the people who are practising. So, so, so many um, varieties and variations, and I th- think of it similarly. Well, that in itself, the night of, well, what is it? Speed data, mud- speed data Muslim? Yeah. <laughs> that in itself is going to be an incredible thing to be part of. Yeah, and it'll be somewhat similar to, you know, your uh, young friend that you've met um, where people have the chance to have a conversation. Perhaps they haven't had a chance to have a conversation with a Muslim before. Perhaps they have questions that have come up from, like, kind of views or, or um, tropes in the media and stereotypes that they w- they want to ask. And, and this will be a great opportunity. They'll have someone to ask. Well, ours is basically a, no, a naked event, isn't it, Ed? Because we were only wearing our togs in the pool. And, well, and we also have, have had other events at Is Cafe in Geelong with oh, Roz. And Roz trained for radio like you Yeah. at the same time. So you met him years ago and we've been very lucky to have the conversation with Roz and his wife and... They were betrothed. That's correct, and uh, they're from Malaysia. And we were like, oh, okay, that's very foreign to us, isn't but it? Once again, that shows a different part of yes. the Muslim mm. strain, and, we, and they are a good mob. And we just had lots of questions. <laughs> we did, lots, and there are more to be asked. Yeah. So get along now. We're going to, I'm going to put on a track... And we might have another guest coming online with us when uh, when I put this music on, after I put this music on. Now, I haven't really decided what, what to put on because you gave me such a broad <laughs> um, thing to work with that I, I don't know whether um, I'm going to put Sit Still, Look Pretty. Now, I'm not sure who chose this. I think this might have been chosen. Who Did you do this? Yeah, I chose that one, yeah. So I was just kind of looking around for um, a wide genre of, of music that was written by women or celebrated women or both. And and also Australian. I featured a lot of Australian artists too I, and the ones that I chose. I know, and a lot of them I hadn't heard of. And that is terrible for an Australian. Oh, well, and so now I'll, we get a chance to find out. <laughs> so when we play, after we've played this, you're going to do the, the, uh, the back announce. So you're going to say who that was and the, pronounce the name of the person too. You okay. remember that because I'm not sure how to pronounce it correctly. 
So look, you hear you're on Community Connect here with Edwina and Greg McHenry, and welcome back, Ed, because you you weren't well last week, and now you're back for your birthday, which is fabulous, and we've got Nat Atherton in here, and we might have another guest on the phone after we've listened to this track, where it's coming along now. Good, it's almost 25 past the hour, and uh, we'll be moving right along here. We're talking about International Women's Day, which is on the 8th, but there's an event in that we're going to be talking about, and we're back with you soon. Yeah, so that song was by Dale, and it's it still looked pretty. It's just one of the um, songs that I saw on the list, and thought it would be a good one to um, to play today. We're just trying to get hold of Hannah Asafiri on the phone, so what I might do is put on another little track while we're doing that, because we seem to be having just a little bit of difficulty, which is what I seem to do lots of times when we're having these wonderful little chats that come through on our program here on Community Connect where you are listening to us. We are streaming live at all the WZOCRFM.org.au with Eddie and Greg and Nat Atherton is in here and we're talking about International Women's Day but I will. I'll put another track on just while we're getting organised. You keep singing in the name, in the name that is Let There Be Peace by uh, Sweet Honey in the Rock, which was a track chosen by now. Who chose that? Was it Hannah or was it... Yep, that was chosen by Hannah. That was by Hannah. And I think we've got Hannah on the phone here. Where we're on Community Connect here with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCRFM 98.3 in Colac and District and 88.7 FM along the coast, where we are streaming live at all the W's, ocrfm.org.au. And it's moving right along now. It's about 26 minutes to the hour. And we do have... Are you there on the phone there, Hannah? I am indeed. Good. Oh, we had a little bit of a battle, but we got you here and it's nice and clear. So you like to say hello to Nat and, and hello to Eddie. Hi, Nat and Eddie. Hi, Hannah. Thanks Th- for having me. Oh, thank you so much for uh, making yourself available. It's much appreciated. No problem. Now, we've made a brief mention of what you're going to be down here, but one of the things that really interested us was the... Uh, well, I don't know much or know anything about the soup bar, and I acted as devil's advocate and asked whether blokes are allowed there too because I've, <laughs> I've been to too many events where it's been against you know family violence and all that, and I'm one of the only yeah. blokes there. We're minority. Yeah. Look, so, um, obviously, we're, we're about building bridges, building communities, um, and being responsible and ethical businesses who try and not only, um, obviously, a successful, sustainable business and mindfulness of our trade, but a business where social reform and social change are possible and we're um, groundbreaking, I guess, in that space that we... Uh, bring an ethical awareness understanding um, into hospitality and a business space where both pillars are foundational to who we are. Social reform, social change, social justice and responsibility alongside success and sustainability in business. And, and am I wrong in saying, though, that blokes aren't putting their foot for, best foot forward and being party to it? No, no, no. Um, so the space is a women's employment space where we circuit break the cycle of disadvantage for women through employment but our patrons are both men and women proudly who embrace our vision and resonate with our approach. Okay so now what's this speed dating thing about? 
Um, so Speed Data Muslim, again, was born out of, I guess, an awareness where society began to change in its conversation around Islam. And the more we began to whip up uh, hostility and fear about Muslims, um, they, these aren't so much just concepts and ideas. Women began to feel the impact and effect of that by and through random attacks on the street. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was important to uh, come back to our sense of connectedness and humanity and offer up places and spaces where communities and those who are curious and interested can come along and engage with what is it that's going on? What is unsettling society about Islam? What are the issues and how? And what is their impact and how it's felt by women? So what was an innocent idea from a business point of view can see through simply wanting to create better and safer uh, environments and societies has become a thing where we've been requested to and have run these events in various institutions, not only our monthly at the Moroccan Super, but certainly at the State Library, at the National Gallery, um, at the Queen Vic Market, at Fed Square. So we've, and we've been requested to run them in Shepparton, in a whole host of places where you find some of those social tensions rearing their ugly head. Well, those tensions are all over the south, all over our area here because of the... Of course. Well, and it's because of, well, we, well I blame bad media and um, a lot of the hot or the idiot jocks or whatever else in the bad newspapers... Is there a possibility of getting it around the Western District more than just in Colnick? So, look, at the moment, this is our fourth year, I think, and this year we decided whoever is open to inviting us, we'd be more than happy to come out and run and host those events rather than just continue to do more of the same in the inner north. So, absolutely, if there is a group, an organisation, a local council, um, a church group, anybody who's interested in having the conversation and creating that space, we'd be more than happy to come out, facilitate and moderate a conversation around these issues. Now, I guess one thing to keep in mind is that these aren't, talk fest where we talk at people. This is a genuine opportunity and a platform to engage with community about whatever the issues are. We don't expect you to be PC. We don't expect... Um, and often I hear and people are kind of um, feeling a bit uneasy about not being able to ask those questions because they're not uh, allowed or politically correct. In fact... Whatever you think and feel, we want to hear it. And we want to be able to engage with it. And I guess often um, come, come back to a place where you realise those thoughts and feelings are simply had as a consequence, as you said, of media representations who have no real grounding in facts and reality for people. So, yes, the answer to the question, happy to run them anywhere you invite us, we will come. And um, they're also an opportunity for anybody who has thoughts, issues, associations, fears, uh, hostilities, is feeling unsettled about the whole conversation of Islam. Why is it that we've arrived at this place as, as communities and certainly as Australians? I mean, Muslims have been in this country for over 100 years, yet all of a sudden this has become an issue and the tensions are much more palpable. So we try and say as women, 
um, we're taking uh, responsibility, I guess, for engaging our communities beyond just sitting back and waiting for governments and and um, other decision makers to to change the the conversation. We're changing the conversation, and usually, almost always, everyone who attends walks away a little more changed and certainly much more aware. So wonderful. Thanks, Hannah. And we're really looking forward to having you at COPAC on Friday the 13th of March. So am I. So am I. And please bring anybody along. Uh, Come along, ask a question, think about it as a question. And I think, as I said to you earlier off air, the only expectation we have, although it's not about political correctness and saying the right thing or the wrong thing, um, the only expectation we have is that you formulate uh, your uh, views, issues, curiosities as a question, not as a judgment. Yep. That um, in understanding and certainly uh, which will enable us to contest ideas, to have a conversation respectfully, we simply ask that you try and find and, and um, articulate what you've got to say as a question in the form of a question, not a judgment. Yep. Even if it's about ISIS, if it's about whatever it is, your issue, try and find a question in it and appreciate that the women are coming out um, generously to engage with community sentiment about stuff that's difficult. Edwina and I, we were talking a bit earlier on, we've actually met a Muslim man and been able to talk with him, and that's the most information we've been able to get because our exposure, I mean, a lot of our people haven't even met Aboriginal people. That's right, that's Um, right. We've had limited exposure ourselves, and of course... We also don't get a chance to ask the questions we like to ask. Absolutely. So this is a great opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we look forward to it. And look, uh, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned First Nations people because um, also as Muslims and as Australian citizens, we all these conversations are had on lands that are colonised, lands which have not resolved. Um, a conversation with dignity and respect for First Nations people. So even we as Muslims, no matter our causes, recognise that we have a responsibility in this space and we certainly talk about it as part of every event we run. So when we come out to Colac, we'll definitely um, take and lean into the responsibility that comes with being in these spaces and talk about some of the campaigns we are allies with, with First Nations people, like pay the rent and so forth. Um, Because to me, these are not mutually exclusive uh, causes. Social justice and human rights is Mm. about everybody and is a perspective that we need to be able to, uh, I guess, invite our communities to resonate with. Yeah, one of the tracks I'm wanting you to talk about, one of the people you wanted me to get some music from, and I don't know how to pronounce her name. Um Kulthum. Um? Um Kulthum. Um Kulthum. Yeah, very good. Um Kulthum. Now, I've yeah. picked up a small track um, because, as you're aware, well, you know more about her than I do. Um, I can't remember what year she died, but it was quite. she was quite old. About 40 years ago, 40-ish years ago, I think she died. Yeah, of heart failure. But she had an incredible, must have had an incredible um, existence because the track I'm going to be playing um, is obviously off YouTube and it's called Lelat Hob or whatever. Lelat Hob, yes. Lelat Hob. Um, Tell us a little bit about her because she's an incredible woman but also had incredible family. Yeah. 
Look, uh, Umke Thorne was, uh, I think, one of those women, and often, you know, when we reflect back and in hindsight, we see the legacy and the importance she had in, again, bridging and bringing people together through the arts and through song. I mean, she was well-revered and loved, even in places like Israel, um, Israel, Palestine, and, and those kind of continuing conflicts. She was somebody who united people in their love for, for song and music and appreciation of her. She was a woman um, and a young, young, young girl, actually, when she began, where girls and women and their voices weren't, weren't heard in public spaces, yet she was so extraordinary that people were compelled to get behind her and she just mesmerised nations. Um, and interestingly, she was used as uh, a bridge builder uh, through where people resonate and came together, whether they understood her voice or not. So I think her legacy as a woman in changing the face of uh, society and transforming societies around women, arts um, and song and the expression of uh, social change, even though she wasn't necessarily a political activist, her uh, contribution uh, went a long way and made a lot of inroads in bridging uh, situations of conflict. So Umkansom was extraordinary in um, uh, in being able to forge and break new ground in, in ways nobody had before her, given that she was so young and, and a woman during those times, I think should be celebrated, absolutely. I must note, though, that she started off by dressing as a bloke so as she could get on stage. Well, most most women uh, during those era, in that era did. But then she was clearly, um, at a young age, I mean, she was known as, as a young woman. Um, I don't think the legacy of her dressing as uh, a bloke went for too long uh, <laughs> as a boy. Yeah, just People as a young child. As a young woman. How far have we come along and how far to go? For women? Yes. Um for women, for diversity, for social justice, for our humanity, I, I think we are at a crossroads as a, a, a global uh, society, societies, nations. Um, on women, I think we've made, and I'm the eternal optimist, where there's always hope. And I think if you are an activist in any way, you have to be hopeful and positive. Uh, with that said, I think there's uh, cause for cautious optimism. And the optimism for me comes from the young. Have we made a lot of inroads? Absolutely. Have we also repealed a lot of the gains? And I think that is evidenced around the world. From, uh, you know, we're, we're voting in figures that are divisive, that are polarising, that are hostile to marginalised groups, whether they be migrants or women or um, the, the queer communities or asylum seekers. And I think that is... That has a lot of currency at the moment, which is which is very unnerving, and that's global, from Trump to uh, uh, what's his name, Boris Johnson, Bolsonaro, Erdogan. I mean, and I'm not being unique about the Western world. I think this legacy is is unfolding around the world, and Australia is not immune. We're hot on the heels of following in the same conversation about. And we masquerade those conversations as freedom of speech and uh, they're not progress. When, when we begin to re-debate women's rights to abortion 
in 2020, that is not a conversation oh, we want to be celebrating. When we're talking about religious freedoms as a, as a means to undermine those that are on the margins of society, that is not to be celebrated and not progress. So we've come a long way and we've certainly got an extraordinarily long way to go built on um, the amazing appetite of the young who were genuinely... Um, not shackled by our own prejudice and, and looking to future and resolutions with a sense of humanity and genuine intersectional understanding of the world. So that's the answer in, in not really giving a clear answer. There's hope, uh, but there's, there's time not to stand by idle, complacent. The time now is for us to activate our citizenship. Our complacency just leave, makes us complicit in a system of inhumanity, which is not acceptable in my view. I know, I know you're busy, so I'm sure you're wanting to get going. Just can I get your take on the theme, which is I am generation equality, realising women's rights. What's your take on that as a theme for this year's 2020 International uh, Women's Day? So what is it? I am, say it again. It's I am generation equality, Yes. realising women's rights. Um. Yes, look, uh, yes, I guess, I mean, it's a great, uh, often with mottos, with uh, themes, it is about how we begin to shift and change behaviours to follow in and, and to fall in line with those uh, sentiments. And at the moment, um, I think, although we're definitely, um, our conversation has changed on women and on equality and on respect, Yet the reality of lived experience for many women, we're talking about violence against women is on the increase, both in public spaces and the home. Mm. So the importance of not just uh, the terminology, but recognising that behaviours need to change alongside that. And behaviours are changing because there is a community appetite, certainly not because of governments. In my view, governments are so out of touch with communities and with what's happening to people on the ground, that they're into their own reinforced media 24-hour news cycle and they think they know what's happening, but that is not what is happening in communities and on the ground. There's a lot of good work happening at the moment. There's some amazing people in government, individuals, but as government agenda, um, I think they need to relearn to communicate with communities and um, that those sentiments, although great, have to be matched up with behaviour um, and we have to begin to listen to why it is that we're facing this epidemic of violence towards women at the moment. Yes, we should celebrate International Women's Day, um, but we should celebrate it with a commitment that's going to change the outcome and the epidemic of violence at a national level. We should have this conversation in a meaningful way. I think well, Edwina was making some good signs there in agreement and the nodding of a head going here. So, uh. oh, I, I, I just say, look at St Kevin's School. We should yes, be edu educating yes. in a positive manner, and yes. if anything like that goes on, it should be nipped in the bud. You know, that's a disgraceful. Yeah, absolutely, and it's also not about. Um, yes, it should be nipped in the bud, but it's not about demonising individuals. It's about understanding a system which is giving this legitimacy. The double speak on women and how we speak about women is signalled from the top down. That's when, right. When uh, Abbott and uh, Scott Morrison and 
all these conversations give uh, young men and, and boys and women the signal that it's okay and the expectation is that women are there to service men and, and to toe the line and blah, 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 whether we do it implicitly or through our silence, then this is going to be the fruits of those attitudes. So um, I try and frame things and understand them in a context rather than demonise individuals. Um, and the context requires that we have a very different national conversation, an honest one on the diversity of experience of uh, violence against women. This is not about men versus women. We all have a role in changing the conversation. Well, with our first people, NADOC this year was all about truth-telling. Yes, absolutely. And you cannot have reconciliation without truth-telling. You uh, And this is where the dangers, I think, and we will talk about this when we come to COLAC, um, the danger has become in this new phenomenon of a post-truth world um, where apparently uh, truth has become a matter of opinion. Now, in that conversation, justice can never avail, ever prevail, rather. Um, truth and facts are not a matter of perspective. They're not a matter of opinion. Uh, to reconcile, and I think one of the world's uh, great minds did say, reconciliation is possible on any atrocity. And this was Nelson Mandela, I'm paraphrasing, provided truth be told. And mm. truth cannot be, um, to step forward and move forward, you need, to, you need to tell the truth about our past and where we've come from. And it's not a matter of, uh, our leaders debating uh, the the profound impact of colonisation on a people. It is a matter of everybody leaning into that truth and saying we uh, absolutely have a willingness to reconcile and we will all accept the facts of what has happened. So truth, and, and this is where I think uh, these are tricky times where, you know, the Trump era and fake news and and uh, the media has to come to this bizarre idea of balanced reporting. You cannot balance on nonsense. You cannot balance with uh, the unreasonable. I mean, you cannot have a conversation and say climate change, for example, and climate deniers need to have equal balanced representation. This is ridiculous. Climate facts and science are truth and they're facts. They're not a matter of opinion. And there's no balanced conversation. The only conversation is how to uh, progress and move forward with the facts available to us, not to sit here and engage in nonsense and waste time. And in that sense, I, I think the importance of truth and having a conversation about what does truth mean in a post-truth world? How do we preserve and maintain a pillar of truth in order uh, to create environments and work towards environments uh, that are just and fair and humane and you need absolute allies in truth telling my mum had a saying that when sort of like um, the, and the person with the untruth makes the loudest noise and uh-huh. and in our day nowadays with the media and that they're the ones who seem to get the coverage as well yeah absolutely and but you, I mean and the last thing I'll probably say on the media look at media ownership it is Oh. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> whose interests are served by and through billions of dollars annually and denying truth. 
so uh, and in creating certain images, whether it be about Muslims or the environment or First Nations or and at the moment, and I think um, you know these are bigger conversations. We need to understand where the new fault lines are, and they're no longer about men and women and white and black only, and uh, you know rich and poor, but they are the fault lines of history, and there's something else at play unfolding around us, and how do we navigate those spaces, which obviously are informed by all these other social inequalities, but there's something else on top of that that is unfolding. And to me, that is what's evidence and, and unfolding around the globe, uh, and that is ushering in people like Le Pen and, and Trump and, you know, across Europe and, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I we can go on and on and on, but... Um, <laughs> I know. We better not keep going on and on because we're getting close to um, midday, which is where we've got to cut out. We, now, we've mm. got... There's a, I'm going to go out with a track by Annie, Annie DeFranco? Annie DeFranco, yes. Sir. I've just got a, I've got one called Not a Pretty Girl. And just before Pretty. we, do, before we do that, I should just say that uh, Hannah will be speaking at COPAC on Friday the 13th of March. There's three parts to the evening. So there's Speed Data Muslim, which we've talked about, that begins at uh, 5 p.m. Uh, that needs to be booked through the COPAC office. So you can call us on 52329418. That's for the Speed Data Muslim part of the evening, um, which is getting close to uh, uh, full, actually. Uh, then, we, then we have the fundraising dinner from 6 o'clock. And uh, Hannah will speak from 7.15 for an hour. And there will be question time as well. So if you'd like to book tickets for the dinner and the talk or just the talk, then you can go to copac.com.au, find the um, International Women's Day event with Hannah Asafiri's um, lovely smiling face there, click on there <laughs> and go to the buy tickets link, or you can phone the Copac box office on 523220777 and they will help you out. Can you pop in? Yes, and you can also pop in, of course. Yeah, and we want a lot of men to come along. Absolutely. Good yeah. <laughs> Good oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh. social change, look, social change will only happen with, uh, I think, men, women, non-gender binary, however you identify as allies in this yeah. conversation where we can all take responsibility and resonate with a vision for a better, safer world. And it's not going to happen by... <laughs> continuing on this men versus women conversation in my view yeah we, we started off the program by singing happy birthday to edwina or uh, nat and i did and i was about to start singing well in this together we are we certainly are we certainly <laughs> are we're going to go over that track that I mentioned. Look, thank you very much, Hannah. You've ended up staying quite a long, a bit longer than oh, you thought you would, but it's been absolutely fabulous. I'd love to meet you at some stage. Uh, not sure whether we'll be going to the event or not, but um, yeah, thank you very, very much for your input. My it's been absolutely pleasure. fantastic. My pleasure, and happy birthday. Ah, <laughs> oh, thank okay. you. Thank we'll you. See you guys soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks very much. Bye, Cheers. Hannah. Bye. bye. That's been uh, Hannah Asafiri, and uh, that was absolutely wonderful. And, yeah, we got a greater bite out of that than I thought. She's, see, a lot of the people come on and they expect to only get about a four or five, six-minute bite, which is what happens on commercial radio. Yeah. But you're on community radio here, and so it's a lot different. So then she was opened up, and it was absolutely fabulous. So we'll be podcasting that, and, uh, that, yeah, that was absolutely brilliant.
Colacott Way Performing Arts and Cultural Centre, you can give them a call, 523-29418. You can pop in. Yep. And for, for ticket purchases, um, you can also call the box office direct, 523-22077. Okay, that's an easy way to do it. Yep. Nat, thank you very much. Now, next week, though, we're going to have Vow and Child Youth and Family are going to be coming in, and they'll talk a little bit about their businesses again. And the, But their main focus is going to be on foster care. So that'll be fabulous. I'm not sure who the guests will be, but thank you, Nat. And yeah, that was fabulous Pleasure. with Hannah. And thank you, Ed, of course. We're going to go out with Annie, DeFran- Annie DeFranco. Annie DeFranco, she pronounced the name, I think. Annie DeFranco, and it's called Not a Pretty Girl. And that is what we'll be listening to. We're just over the air a bit again, but I think we're okay with doing that. It's um, been Ed and Greg McHenry in here with Nat Atherton from COPAC. And you get along just briefly again. That that pro, the show is on again, or the yep, the, the show is that. on Friday the thirteenth of March, and um, it's got speed date of Muslim from five. The fundraising dinner, which is being provided by um, the Moroccan Soup Bar, with also local community members assisting, from six pm, and then Hannah speaking from seven fifteen pm. Get along there and enjoy it. So. Yep. Get, all, get that all sorted out and we put the contact information and how to get tickets in our podcast. Great, thank you. Open the blog. All right, so, and we will talk to you again next week. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station.